Hello, friends of Paul White Ministries. So glad you've joined me for this special midweek sermon. Let me explain the title first, Introducing the Garden Church of the Midlands. If you've been listening to our podcast for the last several months, or you've been sort of paying close attention to some of the sermons we've been preaching, and I know many have picked up on it because I've heard from a lot of you, we've been slowly steering towards a Sunday morning meeting in South Carolina. We've been meeting in Chapin, South Carolina for three and a half, close to four years now, at least once a month, sometimes more often. And we would meet on Friday nights. Some of you have joined us for some of those meetings in your journeys. Uh, That group has just grown and coalesced, really grown spiritually as much as anything, coalesced around Jesus and seeing him. And this season of my life, I felt the Lord begin to speak some things in me about starting a work. I'm not going to explain all of it in this little intro because that's what this whole video is about. What I am going to present for you today are three clips. Following this little introduction will be a little sit-down, 11-minute clip with my friend Josiah Hodge. And he asks me some questions about the garden. Why the garden? Why there? Why me? Why now? Why that? What do we expect? What are we hoping for? That 11 minutes, I think, gives a really good, compact reason for this entire journey. Right after that, I'm going to give you about 10 minutes from the beginning of a sermon. You'll even hear me say, this isn't the word yet, but the word's coming. And it's to our group in Chapin, and it's about what we're doing, why, and some of the things that I hope to accomplish in it. And then we fade into one more of those from the very last meeting that we held on a Sunday evening before the transition, another eight or ten minutes of talking about some other things that we're hoping to do and hoping to accomplish in this. I thought I owed it to you, the Paul White Ministries audience, to hear from my own mouth why and when and where and how, and to let you know that as far as paulwhiteministries.com and this digital ministry, nothing changes. We continue to do the podcast. We continue to put up sermons every Sunday. And as long as we can, we continue to put up midweek content because we're still here in Flowery Branch, Georgia. I haven't moved. We probably will. But we haven't yet. And so while we try to figure out what this looks like, what's the Lord doing? Um, Where does he exactly want us to be home-wise? We're going to be right here having our Tuesday evening studies. Our daughter Lauren is still in college. That's some transition stuff we need to work out. Um, And so you can continue to mail uh, support or whatever or write us at our Georgia post office box, all that stuff. Um, However, there's a transition happening. Um, During a a clip or two, you'll see the address of our new location, and you'll see how to contact our new location. But I want to give them both to you right now as well, and and also to say them out loud for those who listen to audio only. Uh, A lot of people don't watch the videos. They just listen to audio, and that's fine too. We are located. We are meeting in a – this is our opening space. We don't know – that this is our final space, but this is our opening space, and it's a place called the Legacy Event Center at 7713 St. Andrews Road in Irmo, I-R-M-O, South Carolina. This is just a little community just to the west side of Columbia, South Carolina, sort of the greater area. Some would call it a suburb area of the Columbia region. 
We meet at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Sunday mornings. Uh, You can be guaranteed to hear the word, the gospel of grace, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. You can be guaranteed to be invited to the table of the Eucharist to celebrate the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. We are a confessional, creed confessional church, and we believe very much um, in presenting the love of God as, as on display through the finished work of Christ. Whatever the stuff you hear here in this ministry is what you'll hear if you join us there. Here's, here's my request to you. Pray for us. Uh, please continue to support Paul White Ministries. I'm bivocational now. I do this every day, and we preach there on Sundays. It doesn't mean we won't travel. It just means that the travel schedule gets pulled back. We're certainly still going to travel. We've got some travel to do before the year's out. We're even looking at booking some things in 24. Um, so that's, that's still going to happen. But if you would like to support the garden in any way, even with a one-time gift, uh, you can send it the way you're sending it now, but just mark it the garden church and, or the garden church of the Midlands. And we'll mark it. If you especially like PayPal, you want to put it in your memo, you want to write a note to us on the check, make the check to the garden church of the Midlands or get, send it to Paul White Ministries and denote that you want it to go there. If you'd like to send directly to the garden church of the Midlands, we would appreciate it. And you can do so at the garden church of the Midlands PO box. 394 White Rock, South Carolina, 29177. All right, without further delay. Oh, and let me remind you, um, out of the country for a couple weeks, so we do not have the Ruth study. This spot normally is our midweek Bible study. The next two Wednesdays, this spot will be empty. Okay, but we will be back, promise. It's just a temporary journey. Too much journeying, not enough time to put videos up in the middle, but I wanted to give you this one. The sermon you can expect in the next drop for Paul White Ministries is this weekend. That sermon is the first sermon from the garden. It was called The Suffering Savior, and I think you're going to love it. All right, I hope you enjoy the next couple of video clips to kind of tell you where we're going. We're praying for you. Please pray for us. God right, bless. Pastor Paul, why the garden? Well, I heard the Lord say that word, phrase. I mean, honestly, I mean, that's really simplistic, but I really heard the garden in relation to people that are rooted people that are growing together uh, with purpose to to produce a harvest but they're in a safe space a space where they can be themselves where they can be true where they can live honestly Mm -hmm. but where they can um, partake in the community life of one another Um, plus it's 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 a phrase that for me says something different than business and yeah. organizations and growth and explosion mm-hmm. and all the adjectives that kind of get used with how we want to build churches a lot of times and no stones thrown at anyone and how they build but for me I think the church is a little less like a business mm-hmm. run by a CEO mm-hmm. <laughs> profit yeah. margins and and products and a little more like a garden mm-hmm. a space where people get to explore who they are, who they could be. Mm-hmm. They get to bring their broken branches, and they yeah. get to they get to live through their seasons. Uh, they get to take root in soil that that is conducive to their growth, mm-hmm. not to sucking life out of them, mm-hmm. but putting life into them. And that's what a garden is—a a space that you you have a future. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I heard the Lord say that in my own spirit about the garden, and and also in relation to the seed that He has given me in ministry. I've spent about ten years now. Uh, itinerant ministry, church to church, space to space, 
because it's what the Lord put me in. Yeah. I've loved every second of it. Um, before that, I spent over the same amount of time, a little more than that amount of time, pastoring a church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I was raised in church, raised under a pastor evangelist. So I've kind of lived both of those streams for a long, long time. And what I've noticed is that going into other churches, taking your hand into that bag of seed, that product, that word, and casting it into the different churches is an awesome experience. It's a lot of fun. It's very rewarding. But there, there started to grow something in me, the sound of the Spirit saying, there's a season coming where the seed that I'm going to have you cast can't just be cast into any space. It needs to be cast into your own garden. And the phrase I heard was, tend your garden. Mm-hmm. And so this was birthed out of that for me. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what would you say are the foundational beliefs of the garden? Well, I, th- I have really been trying to emphasize in my own personal life a return to, truthfully, something that I wasn't. I didn't cut my teeth on creedal, confessional Christianity. I didn't even really cut my teeth on communal Christianity, communion. Uh, it was part of our worship, but it wasn't really central to it. I think it should be. And so for me, uh, a return to uh, a creed that connects us, the root system, back to the early church of the Apostles' Creed. And why I bring that up is because not just as something we will pray or believe, but because it's full of who we believe. Yeah. It's not just full of what we believe in a, in a world that is obsessed with, what do you think? Mm-hmm. What do I think? Mm-hmm. Let's get into an argument about yeah. this and this and this. But I, I want a, a space where it's not about what we believe as much as it's about who we believe, Mm -hmm. so that we can believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then things outside of that are a bit ancillary to it, but that becomes the centerpiece of what we do. That and communing. Communing, Communion with the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. And so the central core beliefs will be uh, the the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed. Uh, I don't see an assembly that doesn't uh, confess the creed and that doesn't partake of the body Mm -hmm. and the blood of the Lord Jesus. And as simple as that sounds... um, I think it's central to the garden yeah. experience. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so why is the garden being planted here and why now? Here because this was the space that when I felt it was time to tend my own garden, I took inventory of my life. I took inventory of the places I'm going. We've been coming to this area now for about three and a half years every month with the same group of people in the same space unbeknownst really didn't start this way but planting seed in a space Mm -hmm. in a garden so it was already there it was already a group of people who it's not as if we just picked a spot on the map and went let's go do this so our hearts grew towards this group this group sort of grew towards us and they became more than a group it became family and so I think you want your garden in a space that is home. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for, for me, that's becoming home. It's not, this is not where I was raised. Um, this is not you know, where I grew up, but it is a group of people who have been with us um, personally for several years, but have also sort of seen what God's done in our ministry online for over a decade yeah. and that really uh, have responded to that. So that's probably the best way to say why here. Why now is because it's the season that the Lord has mm-hmm. taken me into. That it's genuinely, just as leaves change on a tree, it's that season through which I feel um, that this is the moment where it's time at my spot in life. I'm 46 years old. Where it's at my spot in life to say the next half of your life, maybe you're halfway there, the next half of your life, um, I want a space that I can call home yeah. with people that I love, that I trust, that trust mm-hmm. 
where we can explore the truths of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit together, that we can grow in community. Um, and I, I think that never before in my life or ministry has it been more clear mm. of a timing than now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So here, as in preparation of talking about the garden, the three W's came to you. Mm. And it's something that's been resonating with me. So explain the three W's of the garden, the weed, the water, and the weight, and what that, what the Spirit spoke to yeah, you. Yeah, very strongly that was the three things that, that sort of happened early and often in me uh, in regards to this. Um, when you take care of a garden, you, you have a space that is confined. It's fenced in. Um, you can take that illustration to the breaking point, but what it essentially says is that this is the space where we're going to go to work on yeah. cultivating our spirit practice and our discipline. And the three words that I heard him say was weed, water, and wait. And I look at that in relation to how we handle the people and how we handle the gospel. We weed, and what that means is that we remove the impediments. We take away the things that are choking life out of you. We try to, as Jesus said in John 11, when Lazarus came forth from the grave, loose him and let him go. And he gave them the assignment. He could have went over there, but he didn't. He gave them the assignment because I think it's part of our assignment to help release people from whatever's restricting them. Guilt, shame, condemnation, fear, uh, performance anxiety, uh, PTSD from my religious background. All the stuff that's sort of choking the life out of yeah. me. I'm not in peace anymore. I don't have joy in the Lord anymore. I don't, um, I don't know if I want to go to church anymore. Yeah. I, I, don't know if I, love, I don't know if I love this anymore. And I, I feel like the Lord has given us a, a, a mandate in this season to help with that. That's my real call is to, to talk. Because I know believers. I've been around church people my entire life. It's, it's where I probably could say, whether I love this or not, some seasons I've loved it more than others, um, where I'm at my most comfortable. Yeah. And, and so I want to see them free. And I want so weeding is a big part of the experience is to say, let's remove the impediments to you being at peace in Christ and and watch out for the thief that kills, steals and destroys. Um, The watering is this beautiful experience of being emerged Mm -hmm. into baptism, not just into water baptism. That's a part of what we do but immersed into the reality of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just like Jesus told his disciples to go into all the world and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I don't think he was confining it to the way you baptize people, to say these words before you dunk them in the water, but rather immerse people in the reality that there's a Father, a Son, and a Holy Spirit, and that you are part of that, that you are in the image of God, and therefore the Father is alive in you, the, the Son is alive and living in you, the Holy Spirit is available to you, and... That's watering. And it's washing people off with the beauty of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's washing them off like Jesus washes his disciples' feet. In John 13, he, he, he knows who he is, that all things are delivered into his hand. He stands up as a king, and rather than putting on a crown and a robe, he puts on a towel. Yeah. And he gets down on his knees in front of his disciples, and he washes their feet. And they're so offended because we're offended at that kind of servant ministry. And Jesus washes their feet. And Peter, of course, don't you got to do more than that. Or don't yeah. wash my feet. I think we're a little resistant to that, in, in a way, to the water mm-hmm. of, of just being cleansed. And Jesus goes, you have been cleansed by the words I've spoken over yeah. you. And so watering is a big part of what we'll do. And the waiting is the hardest, you know, Tom Petty said waiting is the hardest part. Um, uh, It is the hardest part because when you plant a garden, you plant it to get the vegetables, to get to the fruit. That's your goal is like, hey, we're going to have a harvest. And so we're all excited about what might come out of it. 
And so the waiting is difficult because we have expectations. Yeah. What do we want to be? Mm -hmm. And I've told everyone that's asked this, I don't have an expectation what I want to be. I a number I want to shoot for. We want to be this big and this many. Yeah. We want, I don't think in those terms anymore. I have. And I understand that people do. But for me, it's I want to see what God is going to do in you yeah. in this journey, in your family, mm -hmm. in, your, in the peripheral circle of your life. I'm excited to see what this means for your kids, for your marriage, for your soul. And that isn't an overnight process. Yeah. That's a weeks, months, years of saying, what is God going to do? And so no expectations on, on people and what we expect them to do and should they change and be this or that. Just wait and watch what God's going to do. And you, you don't get fruit by shaking trees. Yeah. By, by screaming at them, by yeah. yelling at them, by making them jump higher. You give them, you weed them, you water, and you just get patient, let the seasons of life take over. So part of that is loving people. And I think the underpinning of all of those is loving people because you're not going to do those things without it. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. And I'm praying that God um, continue to keep me patient. Mm. Yeah. Baby yeah. step in our way into yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. What we are doing is uh, beautiful and comes with its own set of issues, okay? Most beautiful things do, um, like any great work. What we, it's beautiful in that it is liberating. It's relaxing. It isn't putting stress or pressure on you or me. It is a group of people growing together in the love of the Lord. Growing together in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, as the Bible says, um, and that is beautiful because we're taking, we're get, we're, we're digging roots down into fertile soil. We grow better together. The body of Christ is a body, not an individual. Um, that's beautiful. It comes with issues, and I'm not talking financial, legal. All that stuff is ancillary. That's sort of system of the world. I'm talking. It comes with this issue spiritually because it is non-denominational independent it has no ties so it, it has no connections and you can go well that's what's great about it yes but that's also what can be a problem because it's untethered and it can go wherever and it can drift out into the ether and be a problem or it, i realize this this is the challenge of being what we are this is why I have made it an effort in prayer, in study, and in these messages to tether us as best as possible to the church at large through the sacrament, through the creed, through gathering together as a body of believers who are going to be observant as much as possible of the Christian calendar that links the church around the world. That's not to be thought of as a high church thing or an eastern church thing. That's a church thing that is part of our roots that stretch us to the Jesus of the Last Supper that go back through 20 centuries of Christian history. I do that because Jesus said that his father's a good husbandman. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And what that really means, if you've studied, if you've ever been to a winery, 
and you've asked the owner, explain this vine to me. One of the fascinating things is that the root of that vine is generations old. But what gets grafted in are the varietals that we call different varieties of grapes. They get grafted into one vine and they're different branches. So when Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches, he's saying, I'm the thing that digs deep into the Father. And what you are, are the things that are grafted into the good things about me. So, I'm trying to grab the vine. And I'm trying to grab it in ways that are more than merely emotional. I came up in a lot of Pentecostal, charismatic, independent churches. I'm glad I did. I, I really am because um, I didn't think that for a long time. There was a while where I was like, I wish I had come up in another environment. But I, I, that was a temporary moment, really. I'm glad I did because I learned a lot, I think, about the Holy Spirit. I think I learned a lot about listening to, following the Holy Spirit, waiting on the Holy Spirit, watching for the Holy Spirit. With all the good comes the negative. And, I be, and, and so I come in environments that relied very heavily on emotionalism. Like, if you weren't shouting, the Holy Ghost wasn't there. <laughs> um, if somebody wasn't yelling amen, you weren't preaching, you know. And I come up preaching in those environments, and that influenced me for a long time. And a lot of my walk has been influenced by those kind of environments. And a lot of the church that I know has been influenced by those kind of environments. The kind of environment that says I need uh, emotionalism to attach me to Christ. I've got to feel it. It's got to make me cry. It's got to make the hair on the back of my neck stand up. It's got to make me shout. Otherwise, I'm not. And you know what happened in that environment? I'm not in the Word yet. This is all intro. I need to do this. Okay? <laughs> I just, I need to say some of these things. I can't, these, this is what I would have shot to you in a video if I wasn't here. This would be the 10 minutes I would be telling you. Um, that, that caused me to do something that now has been really pressing on my spirit. Because I have quiet time every day with the Lord. And I mean quiet. That's become a very important word to me. Like shut everything else out. And listen, because I'm finding that you grow in that environment. You know, you need that a little bit. Well, what I've learned is we've eschewed silence so bad. We're scared to death of silence. We're scared to be quiet lest we don't know what to do with ourselves. So we're really active, you know, like we got to we got to be in this and we got to be on that. And we got to be we got to look and read and, and talk and listen. Got our earbuds in. There's got to be noise. There's got to be motion. There's got to be movement. That's not just, that's not a generational thing. It started that way. I thought 20 years ago, I was like, gosh, we're going to raise a generation that all they know is look at their phones and then go sit in an airport or go sit in a doctor's office and conversation's gone. We're not a social people anymore. We're screened down, but we're entertained to the max. Like, something's got to happen all the time. I've got to see something. I've got to hear something. I've got to read something. I've got to know something. And it's not for knowledge. It's to keep from getting bored. It's to, lest I don't know what to do with it. And so what I've noticed in church is that we, we're not just church, but especially church. We're scared of silence. I went to a show last week, a concert with my daughter. And the, the lead singer told a story. 
And it was really emotional and poignant, like kind of like tearjerker. And they said, and then this song was birthed out of that moment. And they started singing. And they got to a silent moment in the song where it was like, you should have cried. You could feel the crowd was uncomfortable. And people started cheering. And it hit me that we, we, we cheer through silence a lot of times. Go, go to the national anthem. Like when the, the long holdout note, the song's not finished yet. But we can't sit there. It's like that pregnant pause bothers us. So people go, woo, and yell. It's not done yet, but they do it anyway. Because it's just, it feels wrong. I've actually been being dealt with by the Holy Spirit over this. Not because of that concert or because of the national anthem, but because I'm the one who sometimes wants to yell in the middle of the silence or clap. There needs to be a moment in the middle of a secular world where you can experience the sacred. My prayer for the garden is that we are a moment in a hectic world where you get to experience the sacred in the midst of the secular. For an hour to an hour and a half every week of your life, it's just a space where the leaf gets to breathe, <laughs> where the root gets to soak in the moisture, where you get to take in the sunlight of his love. And if there's silence sometime, don't worry about it. Like if we have gaps like between things and there's silence, I want us to be birthed out of that. Because if we're birthed with wall-to-wall sound, I've been there. If we're birthed with wall-to-wall stuff to do, we'll struggle putting silence in as a people. We'll struggle with the gaps because we'll think they should be filled. We're not doing something right. But if we're birthed in those silent moments, we can let the Holy Spirit show us worship out of that. With that, one of the things that, and I talked about this with you last week. Once again, we're not yet in the Word. All right? Give me two more minutes. All right? Two things. One, when we go to Sunday mornings, my sermons, my sermons are going to get shorter, okay? I honor your time. I want to create space for the future. And what I mean by that is I want to allow worship. I want to allow us to find what the Lord's going to do there. I don't want to just wall to wall it with Word and that be all that happens. And I don't want to just wall to wall it with me <laughs> and that be all that happens because that isn't conducive to you growing. With that said, I, I've paid more attention to the Christian lectionary in the last year, two years, three years of my life than ever, trying to pay attention to what the global church is, is doing. One of the things I, I'd like to see us do is incorporate readings from the lectionary. And I want to help you with this, if you'll help me with this. And here's why I want to do this, because I think there's a famine for the hearing of the word in the church. Just simply hearing the Bible read. Like we go and we hear a verse or two and a guy preaches for 20, 30, 40 minutes. And we got a couple verses, maybe three verses, and we move on. And I'm not, this isn't to condemn. I don't know if you're reading the Bible at home or not. This isn't a condemnatory statement. You should read. I hope you read. But I understand that it isn't easy to take in. But it ought to be a thing that happens in the worship service. There's not just endings, there's beginnings. So that they lap over sometime. So you're ending one thing where the space has been created to grow to another spot where it's just a new beginning, the space that we are all stepping into. Um, my prayer is that it flourishes long after we're all gone, that you see something that takes root in, in the greater body of Christ, but also it takes root um, in a way that leads 
those that are around us and come through us and come near us can see Jesus clearly. Um, that's what I love about coming over here. I, I love, as we were praying, just close my eyes and push the other things out because we all drag it all in here. Close your eyes. Let that other stuff start to fall off. We ease our way into that space as the baggage. We sort of lay that stuff down, all the stuff we've carried all week long. I need that. I need this. I need that carved out space of life where even though I'm doing ministry all the time, I'm doing all the time. That's different. Doing is different than sitting in the presence of the Lord and listening and watching and waiting. And I am so thankful um, something that there, there's a few things that struck me pretty strongly in the last week in prep for tonight and then heading into next week. So I'm going to share some of those things before we get to the word. And then I've got an abbreviated word tonight. I really feel like it's abbreviated. I, I've said that a lot of times and then it's not short, but I'm, I'm working on that. Okay. So I'm just, you know, get off my back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, down to six. Yeah, so I, I'm getting there. Um, give me time. But but there are some things I want to share that I, I feel like are us creating space in, in in some ways. And and then tonight we're going to hear from some of you as we we're going to start to introduce readings into our group because I believe there's a famine for the hearing of the word, and that famine has caused us to fill the gaps. If you're not getting the proper nutrition, you fill it with bad nutrition, you know, right? So you fill it with what we call empty calories. And that ends up being worse for you in some ways than if you hadn't taken anything in at all. And I think there's a fear, and I, I, I mentioned this last week, and I'll say it again, and I won't say this all the time, but there is such a fear of silence and such a fear of not doing that um, we've pushed out the space for just hearing the word. And we've pushed out the space for just, let's just take a moment and let the Spirit speak to us. And what I'm excited about in the garden is creating a sanctuary. There's a reason the church uses the word sanctuary. Creating a sanctuary space where the rest of the stuff of the world can stay outside for a little bit. And you can enter sanctuary. You're going to pick that other stuff up when you leave. It's going to be there. You see, you're not going to get away from it. But a space where you can be at sanctuary. Sanctuary is a safe space. Sanctuary is where you go in and they can't catch you. It's like, it's, it, that's what it meant. That's what it's meant for the world at large. A sanctuary space was where the, the law had to stay outside. That's a pretty appropriate analogy, by the way. The law <laughs> had to stay outside. Only grace could get in, but only mercy could enter the sanctuary. If you were accused of a crime and you went to the, to the sanctuary, you stayed there for a spell and the law had to wait at the door. And, and, and I think that's a great illustration of we are creating a sanctuary space. So, in opening, I'm going to be there a little early next week. I'm not going to be there uh, any later than 10. I don't know if I'll be there quite as early as Mark, um, but I'll probably make a practice of never being there quite as early as Mark. Um, somebody, you know, uh, I, I like, uh, I'll, I'll give myself five more minutes of sleep. Um, I want to be there early because I want to, uh, and, and for those of you that can, um, a little time of prayer, yes. a little time of anointing the room, and just requesting that God help us create an environment. This is a word that's been heavy on me this week. To help, me, to help us create a thin space. And a thin space is that thin spot between the unseen and the seen. To where when you enter it, you feel it. 
Like we're in a thin space between the seen and the unseen. And it, and it is anywhere. Jesus said, if two or three gather you together in my name, I'm in the midst. So they are the spaces we designate. That's why there is an awe when you walk into a cathedral. You've entered a thin space. A space that's dedicated to seeing, hearing, and sensing God. Through the art, through the atmosphere, through the song, through the liturgy, whatever. And that doesn't have to be a stone and concrete building. It can be. But it's a space that the believer has, re- has entered in in the name of Jesus. So we're going to just gather in that space and pray before anything else. Just a prayer of, Father, help us be a thin space in this world of where people can sense the presence of the Lord. And whoever you send to our place can sense that they're in a place that they're not far from the presence of God. And in that, they get to see Jesus. All right. There is a stirring external excitement out of this circle at the world at large that is a part of the sort of the ether of Paul White Ministries, the people that are watching what we're putting out. There's a stirring in them for what's happening here. That I'm, All the feedback has been just this excitement to the level of almost the prophetic at times that I've heard from people who didn't even know what was happening that, that called to say something's stirring. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it in my spirit. I'm feeling this green light for this next chapter. And those have been real confirmations for me. But the excitement from people when they hear what God is doing in this next season has been palpable. Like something I haven't seen in, in the sort of the circles of, of our ministry. And I, I, I want to share that with you because I want you to know that uh, you, you aren't doing anything inside of just a tiny little bubble. You know, there's a, a, a body of people at large who are praying because they know that something great comes out of those little incubators, that there's a great future in that. And they're excited for the word that comes out because they get to be a part of that. But also the idea that there can be places of grace where people can find Christ and there's not enough of them. That's the, that's the opinion most people have. There's just not enough of them. And so there's a general excitement in that. Um, to do that, we all, have, we all play a role, even if we aren't titled in those roles or we know what we're doing. Maybe I'm reading, maybe I'm helping, maybe I'm praying, maybe I'm, I don't know, I don't even know the stuff that's going to have to be done because we don't know all the stuff that's going to have to be done, but we're all sort of stepping into that spot. One thing we can all do is pray about what we can do and what we can do is going to have to be a little bit is going to have to be financial because we all are a part of something. We're not one person a part of it and then 20 people watching. And so I'm going to ask this week, and I know you've been talking about this. I'm, I stay out of the internals of that, sort of the meat and potatoes of, the, of how much money do we need and how much do we have. I, I gladly stay out of it because I don't belong in it. I mean, I just I seriously believe that. Um, but that also doesn't negate the fact that as a shepherd of this little flock and tending this little garden, that sometimes you do have to call out a call, a call spiritually that says we all give because we believe in what we do. And if we believe in what we do, we all give. And so on opening week next week, think about that because it's not something that I plan to pass baskets every week and say, offering time, everybody get out your wallet and then put money here. But there is going to be a space for you to give. 
a place for you to give. And that means that we don't all always just walk past it, but that we say in the week, Lord, what would you have me to do? Not so that we can find out what he did or what she's doing, because that's not, honestly, I don't care. That's not my business anyhow. But I have a responsibility in my own life, us praying, going, what are we going to do? What is this ministry going to do to support what's happening here? And I think that's a good way to start that first week for all of us is to think about that. And that, that's all I'll say about it. I don't, it won't be a, a thing next week where we're going, here's your, here's your given time. I, you, know, you don't need me to do that. You have the Holy Spirit. But I do call it out. I do make that call occasionally, just as Paul did in the scriptures to say, if you get anything out of the seed, put seed in the bag. And that's all we say. Get anything out of the seed, put seed in the back. So this is a good thing to pray about this week. Lord, we're starting this. I want to know that, Father, I'm doing and saying and being all that you would have for me in this season. Hey, friends, quick addition to the end of this video. I got all the way through it after the edit and realized I didn't say something that uh, probably a lot of people are wondering about. And that's why is it the Garden Church of the Midlands? For those who know our past, I pastored a church in Missouri called Midland Church for a long time. In fact, I grew up at Midland Church. Um, it's Garden Church of the Midlands, and that was kind of a green light in my spirit whenever that awareness came to me that that region of South Carolina in the, in the middle of the state is known as Midlands. In fact, it's on signs and different businesses and things, and we needed a name, a legal name, so it wasn't just the Garden Church. There's other gardens here and there. Uh, we, if we met in Chapin, it was going to be the Garden Church of Chapin or whatever. Um, so that w because we didn't know our final landing spot, which of the suburbs or what part we might be in, it's Garden Church of the Midlands. So, uh, I got all the way through that and realized I, I didn't actually say that for those who wanted to know. And it's probably one of the things some people really wanted to know. I hope you've enjoyed this little, uh, set of videos that we put together. And uh, just know that we are praying for you. Please be praying for us. We love you. We thank you. I thank God for you and uh, grace to you. God bless.